Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. In order to create an internal connection with Haq, with reality, we must be sincere in a profound way. Because without sincerity, sincerity, we are skirting the surface of reality. Because without sincerity, we're not really looking to make that connection. We're just playing at making that connection. And what is it that stops us from being sincere? What is it that holds us back from being able to dive in? The answer, quite simply, is the way we have prioritized our existence and what we consider of import in this world. Maya illusion holds a three-headed staff and the heads of that staff are gold, women, and earth. And it is those things that separate us from sincerity and separate us from Hak. As long as we have a connection to gold, women, and earth, we cannot simultaneously have a connection to Hak, to reality, to Allah. They're separate. What happens is, if your sincerity is with wealth, then wealth becomes your God. And wealth can't be your God and Allah be your God simultaneously. If power is your intention, then power becomes your God. And Allah can't be your God while power is your God. And I can go on and on naming different attachments that we have in the world of illusion. But somehow, in order for real sincerity to form within us, we have to dissuade, be rid of, be free of the impact and effect of the intentions that deal with the illusory world. So we either are attached to what we see in this illusory space, or we've learned 
to not believe in it, not give our energy to it, not be influenced by it, not react to it, but instead change our allegiance, our allegiance to Allah. There's a, a word in the English language, cleave. And ye shall cleave unto your Lord. And that means to be very attached strongly to your Lord. Well, to be able to make that attachment, you have to be able to break the attachments that stop you from making that attachment. You have to stop giving credence to the things that stop you from making that attachment. It's not such an easy thing, because in this world, we all think that we have to work very hard at accomplishing the things we want to accomplish in the world. And we have a whole list of those kinds of things that we think we need. We have to be able to be educated. We have to get a job. We have to make money. We have to provide housing. We, we, we. Well, to come to the conclusion that we aren't the ones who do it, but Allah is the one who does it, and that our role in this is just to perform the duty that brings us near those things, and then Allah decides whether they occur or not, is a break with the way we have been taught. We have been taught that it is our responsibility to get things done, and that it is up to us as to whether we are successful or not. And it is through our doing that we make things occur. As one ages and is involved in more and more worldly endeavors, one begins to realize that the things that happen in the world are not truly in our hands. And once we begin to believe that we are the actors and we are the doers, there is this shift in our belief system. No longer do we believe God does it. We believe we did it. And Who are the ones who believe this the strongest? The ones who are the most successful. Because it's easy to make a separation between success and non-success. And since success is given such honors in the world, we take on those honors and then we fall victim to pride and to arrogance. Because we've done this. We've accomplished this. If we can stay within the framework of Allah has done this 
and I am the fortunate recipient of Allah's grace and mercy and abundance, then attitudes shift and the way and who we are shifts. We can become small with an attitude that we are the beneficiary of Allah's abundance. We can't become small with an attitude that I did this and whatever abundance has come my way is through my own work and my own effort. It's a hard one to shake because we are directed through the Hadith and through the Quran to put forth effort. And we are told that Allah loves effort. Yet, we also have to understand simultaneously that it's not effort alone that accomplishes these things. It's God's will that accomplishes these things. Now, what that does for us is it's, it shifts the nature of our belief system. If we believe that whatever we have God gave us, then we are in a state of gratitude. And if we can further shift our belief system to believe that we are in a state of abundance as opposed to a state of need and be grateful for the abundance, then again we shift our belief system and we fall into gratitude. And if we can maintain and sustain gratitude, we fall into reality. One of the names of Allah is gratitude. So if we can become grateful, we become more like Allah. And this is why it is so important to stay positive in every aspect of our life and in every aspect of our belief system. We cannot look at difficulties as bringing us into a negative state or a reason to be in a negative state. People who are in a state where they believe they are in need go into feelings of remorse, jealousy, feeling deprived, feeling that the world is unfair, feeling that God treats them differently than he treats everybody else, and they end up in a state that is negative. Somehow, we have to look at our own plate and whatever's on it, we have to be able to deem sufficient. Now, if we're taught from childhood that we always need more, 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 it's very difficult to be satisfied with whatever it is 
we have. The need for constant accumulation, the need for adding to whatever it is that we have, and the idea that there is never enough, we can always get more, is an idea that basically indicates that we lack the ability to be satisfied. We lack the ability to say, enough. Allah has given us all that we need. And without being able to come to that point where we reach satiety, where we become full, without that, we can't stop moving in the direction of gluttony. And it's evident <clears throat> when some people lack the hormones hormones in their being that make them feel full. Because of that, they continue to eat and eat and eat. They lack whatever that hormone is that makes them want to stop eating. They've had enough. I've seen people take a few bites and say, I can't eat anymore. And I've seen other people go to the, uh, to, to the food three and four times, and it's barely enough to satisfy them. Now, it's, it, it's an interesting phenomenon because food is not the same as the qualities of being satisfied with your material world. It could just be a chemical imbalance. But the other things also are involved with that same imbalance. And somehow we need to find an equilibrium where we live a life that is abundant as opposed to a life that is full of need. And this is the great change that can occur in us that changes our relationship with illusion and with God. As long as we are in a life that needs, we are looking to illusion to satisfy those needs. And the three-headed staff of, of, of Maya, gold, lust, and earth are constantly at the forefront of our intention and at the forefront of our priority. But when we have a feeling of enough, when we have a feeling that our life is abundant in the nature that it is, then we can begin to move towards the qualities that exist with abundance. In reality, abundance is only with Allah. Abundance is not with illusion. Illusion cannot provide for you. It can take you to a certain state, 
and then it stops, and so do we. And if we rely on illusion, then we come to that dead end. Uh, we die, and that's the end. If, if we believe in the world of abundance, and we feel connected to that world of abundance, then that dead end of illusion becomes the grace and glory of union with that which is abundant by its very nature. And we must strive in that direction. And in striving in that direction, we have to change the way we perceive things. We have to always perceive things as gifts of grace as opposed to any other way to perceive them. Mostly, we perceive needs and how to fulfill needs. But if we see abundance coming at us, then needs begin to fall away. Now, what is it that keeps us chasing the three-headed staff of Maya? It's need. It's desire. It's desire in conjunction with the mind. And if we can cut that, then we cut the influence of desire and we cut the influence of the mind. The mind is not going to stop. It's going to continue to be the baby that it is, which wants everything that it sees. It's going to be the monkey that it is, that wants everything it sees. But if we can cut the influence of that and continue to move, even though that harangue (laughs) doesn't stop, then we can make progress towards abundance. And once we have a feeling of abundance within our being, our being changes. Our being becomes positive. Our being becomes without need because we understand that we are tied to that which is abundant, to that which is the root source of all that is. And if we can make that shift, then our existence makes that shift And we change as a being. We become one whose interactions with others soothes because we come from a place of soothing. We become one whose interactions with others brings peace because we come from a place of peace. You can't give peace to other people unless you are peaceful. You can't bring peace into yourself until you feel satisfied. It is this constant state of dissatisfaction that keeps us from finding this peaceful equilibrium. And it is the work of illusion to keep you in this state 
of this satisfaction. There's an entire advertising industry out there that wants you to believe that you are in a constant state of need. And every day you need to do something to satisfy those needs. So we need to pull away from needs. We need to be able to say enough. We have enough. We've been given enough. We've been graced. We have been exalted by our Lord to understand the true nature of man and the true nature of our connection to our Creator and that He holds us and protects us and gives us mercy and compassion and will continue to do that on our behalf. We have a Father unlike anything we can imagine. Because we have an imagination that can take us to a certain state, to a certain degree, to a certain length. But then there's this whole world beyond our imagination. The amount of mercy that our Lord is capable of is beyond our imagination. The the amount of compassion that our Lord is capable of is beyond our imagination. The problem we have is that we try and we are often captured by our imagination and we then give our imagination the status of reality. Faith is beyond imagination because faith believes in what we can't see and what we can't hear. So as long as we know that we are limited in our understanding of compassion and it's much greater than we know, then it is open to us. But if we believe that we understand the limits of mercy and the limits of compassion, then it's limited for us. So we always have to be at the edge of that open space that makes itself available to having itself shown more and more and more. And we have to have tied in with that the expectation that we will be shown more and more and more. And then we have to have the patience to be peaceful while we await what is to be given from us. So that when it comes, we're there as opposed to running in some other direction, chasing illusion. So we need to become steadfast. We need to become set. We need to become strong in our belief system, strong in our intentions. And we need to become unmovable from those beliefs. We can't be easily shaken. We can't be like a tree with shallow roots that when the smallest wind comes by loses its footing. We need to be able to withstand 
the hurricanes that illusion is going to throw at us and be able to smile and say, you have no real strength in the face of our Lord. And when we can bring ourselves to that kind of a state, when we can set our roots deep and strong and be steadfast, then we can become a place of repose for ourselves and for others. When times are difficult, others can hold on to us because we are strong in our place and we can become unshakable. Bawa said that we need certitude, faith, and determination and with a precise focus. These things have to be strong and powerful and have to be constantly reinvigorated and reestablished. We can't give up our steadfastness for an instance. We can't be diverted by the staff of illusion and think that we can go from illusion to reality and illusion to reality in the same way that we flip the pages of a newspaper. You can't. There's a word out there called addiction. And the problem with illusion is it's addictive. And if we begin to spend more time with illusion, we become more addicted to illusion. And then it's difficult to get back to reality. If we spend time with reality, we, the same thing happens. It becomes easier for us to stay away from illusion because we see the benefits of reality. So, we are told that we have free will. And we do. But it's all wrapped up into one little kernel. Do you choose illusion or do you choose reality? And can you tell the difference? So, we have to focus on choosing God, on choosing reality, on choosing mercy, on choosing compassion, on choosing generosity, on choosing gratitude. And we have to be able to recognize when we are and when we aren't. So we need to establish within ourselves a watcher to see and to understand the choices that we make. There's a saying that all of you know that is, to know your Lord, you must know yourself. Well, that phrase, know yourself, indicates that there's a self and there's a knower. (laughs) And there has to be some kind of connection so that the self and the knower become one. We have to be able to watch ourselves. We have to be able to set up a watcher that is independent and not influenced by the world to be able to watch who and what we are and what we do. It's said, 
that the ones who can do that end up judging themselves. And by judging themselves, they then escape judgment because they have taken the time to look at their own existence in an appropriate way and to make their own existence appropriate. It's not enough to look and critique. We have to look, critique, and change. We have to look, critique, and become. We have to look, critique, and do what's right. And in that process, we become what's right. And the whole point is to become what's right. So may Allah help us in this endeavor. May he show us the way to see the differentiation between illusion and reality. To be able to know abundance in our life, no matter what status we are perceived as by the world of illusion. We can't trust in the judgment of illusion. We have to trust in the judgment that comes from Haq. And with the understanding of that judgment, we can see things as they truly are and go in the direction that brings us closer to our Lord. Amen.